this episode of Conversion Stories is dedicated to everyone who has lost a loved one during the pandemic. It has been a challenging time as visits and support for each other have been limited. My conversation with Julie Beasley DeGrasse about her journey to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a powerful one. I am excited for you to hear her story and another story within her story. I will apologize in advance for the quality of the audio. Living in the main woods and technology don't always work well together. Hey, Julie. Hi. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Good, good. Hey, I appreciate you being willing to share your story with us, your conversion story. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I have I have to tell you that your name came to my mind about a week before I asked you and it just it was just there and it kept like every day I'd be like you need to ask Julie to be on so I feel strongly that someone out there needs to <laughs> to hear your story so I'm I'm super excited well about a week before you asked me the thought occurred to me I wonder if Joey's gonna ask me sometime <laughs> I love it. And not, not like, not like out there, like, yes, I definitely wanted to, but I was like, ah, I wonder if she'll, you know, anyway, it came to my mind too about the same time. So there we go. Oh, I love that. I love it. Well, why don't we start um, by just having you introduce yourself to, I'm sure there's many people that will listen that don't know you personally. So. Um, Julie DeGrasse. Um married to Brett, mother of three kiddos. Um, I've been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints since February of 1994 when I was a freshman in college. And I am now, I live in central Maine. I'm a nurse that has the blessing of working remotely and um, attend church in Newport Branch. Relief Society president, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, awesome. I I'm grateful that you've been able to to work from home, as I'm sure you have been. Has that been a oh, yeah. was that a big adjustment? I've been doing it for eight years now, actually. Oh, nice. So yeah, yeah. It's um, I kind of a paperwork nurse so it can all be done on the <laughs> computer and it were it's worked out well for our family it gives me allows me to be home more available to the kids and um able to do what needs to be done around here while still working so yeah that's that's great all right so you said that you joined the church in 94 so how old were you then I was 18, almost 19 at that point. It was a couple months before my 19th birthday. So what did your spiritual or religious life look like up to that point? My mother had actually joined the church when I was eight. Um, 
no one else was particularly interested in my in my family there's six kids but we're all very spread out and at that point there were four of us and um so so i was eight my other older two were in high school they weren't interested my father wasn't interested i would go to church with my mom sometimes um but usually i would pretend to still be asleep <laughs> she didn't make me go but um one thing is my mother always my mother taught me to pray i can't remember a time in my life when i didn't um pray faithfully every night so i didn't have a lot of I didn't have a lot of gospel knowledge per se, but I knew how to pray to my heavenly father. And I knew that I had a savior, Jesus Christ. And that's, that was probably about it. So was your father in the picture? Was he? Oh yeah. My, my parents are married. He, um, he was a member of the Lutheran faith. We were in the, he was, He's from the South. He was from Tennessee. And so he was raised in the Church of Christ and um, didn't really find spiritually what he was looking for there. But we were in the military. And so when we were stationed in Germany, we attended the Lutheran Church. And um, he really connected with the chaplain there. And so that's what we did. And then we moved to Maine when my father retired. And um, I guess at that point, Dad. He's definitely a Christian, and he was a man that read his Bible faithfully. Um, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily something that was taught to the kids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So was it? Yes, he was there. <laughs> was it hard um, for him when your mom joined the church? Or yeah, he. So what? Brief story history of my mother she was it was like middle of the summer very hot humid in Maine and the missionaries knocked on her door and I guess they were just really hot and my mom felt bad she's like you want to come in and have some lemonade you look really hot and so they did and she shared the mess and they shared the message with her and what really struck her was was one of the missionaries said now don't take my word for it you can find this out for yourself if the Book of Mormon is true. And she took the challenge very seriously. And when she, um, and she read the Book of Mormon very quickly and very quickly decided, knew that it was true and that she was going to join the church. And when she told my father, um, she handed him a pamphlet. I think it was the Truth Restored that they used to put out. And my, my father read it. And handed it back to her and he said nice fairy tale you're going to tear this family apart and she who is not typically a confrontational person she said well you know i know it's true and i can't deny that so i'm doing this and so faithfully she attended church mostly by herself or with my younger siblings for years years um and i remember you know cooking these her cooking these huge meals and and going out the door to a potluck and I'm like, Hey, you're not leaving any of that here. <laughs> nope. It's for church. <laughs> and kind of being resentful a little bit as a teenager of how much time she spent serving in the church. And obviously now I have a different opinion of her example. I'm very grateful for her example. So, um, 
when I started asking questions, I knew exactly where to go. You know, she had definitely um, blazed that trail for me so that when I had questions about what happens, you know, what happens after we die and what is my purpose, I knew, I knew right where to go. So she definitely made that easier for me. Nice. So I know that you went to UMaine because yeah. I was there too. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually, um, we met after you had joined the church. So, um, so were you starting asking questions when you got to college or was it more like yeah. at the end of high school? It was like my first semester of my freshman year. I, I got there. I was terribly homesick. I mean, Holton was only not even two hours away, but I was terribly homesick. And I really did not feel, you know, I had friends from high school, some that would were kind of living it up in college. And that wasn't really what I wanted to do. And, um, and then we had a friend from high school that actually committed suicide. And that really kind of shook us up. Mm. And, and, you know, I guess it's kind of one of those, as I recognized that I was transitioning into adulthood, I started to think about what kind of adult do I want to be? What kind of life do I want to lead? I need to start making decisions now that um, are going to positively affect the rest of my life. And so um, I started, I remember I started looking up in like the Bible, trying to get answers to my questions. And I just wasn't getting all of them, or at least a clear enough understanding of it on my own. And so I'd gone home for the weekend and um, I picked up a truth restored in my mother's bedroom on her bookshelf and I read it. And I remember I, um, I went, I remember I walked into the kitchen and you have to understand, I was a bit prideful. Back I really was. And, um, kind of stubborn. I don't know. Anyway, I remember I walked in the kitchen out of the blue. She had no idea this was coming. And I like dropped truth restored on the kitchen counter. And I said, I want to meet with the missionaries, set it up. And then I turned around and walked out. <laughs> I was such a brat. But I, she, she told me later, she just started like jumping up and down and called her friend Simone and said, Julie's going to take the discussions. Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> I and, imagine <laughs> she was afraid to show me her enthusiasm at that point. She was proceeding with caution. So <laughs> smart mom. <laughs> yes. So I did start, I started coming home on the weekends. I'm trying to remember part of that. I think Christmas break was in there. So I was home for like a three week period or something in a row. And um, I ended up taking the discussions. I don't know if you want me to keep going on with that line. Yeah, go. yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I went into it with the attitude that I just want some answers. I'm not going to join the church now, maybe later when I have kids and I want to bring my kids, you know, to a church. This is what I'll do. Because I really didn't have a knowledge base at that point. I just, I went, that was the attitude I went into it with. And um, as I met with the missionaries and as they taught me those first couple discussions I remember thinking that 
I know they're going to ask me to be baptized and I'm just going to say not yet. Like I had it all planned out. And then I remember it was, it was kind of like the lights just turning on. Like as I learned about Heavenly Father's plan, about the plan of salvation and the role of Jesus Christ in that, I remember I never doubted as they were teaching me that it was true. I knew that it was true. I, I it resonated with me. I just, I was like, absolutely, this is true. And when that question came, I think it was at the end of the second discussion, will you be baptized? There was no other answer. Like probably five minutes before that, I thought, no, I, you know, not yet. But at that moment I had just this strong, I know this is true and there's no turning back. I know that I'm accountable for the knowledge and, and truth that I've been given. And, you know, I'm accountable for that. Heavenly Father knows that I know. And so I, I said, yes, absolutely. And I think I was baptized a month later. And, um, and there was just no going back. I was thrilled, you know. Um, I just ate it up at that point and just kept reading the Book of Mormon and anything that they wanted to teach me, I was happy to learn. But that's, you know, and I don't think I recognized it at the time as, you know, the Holy Ghost testifying to me of truth. I remember sometimes when the missionaries would ask to like, do you feel the spirit? Do you feel it now? I'm like, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> I remember it was all yeah. so new, you know, and and something that they were accustomed to and I wasn't. And so um, but that certainly comes with practice. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when you first recognized the spirit? Like, can you pinpoint when you started realizing that's the spirit? I think when I was reading the Book of Mormon, I think... Um, as I would read the Book of Mormon and pray about it, especially, you know, the chapters in Moroni and um, as, as I would pray about that, I would start to get kind of a warm fuzzy and also praying about Joseph Smith. And that's something that was, I think, is still near and dear to my heart when I think about what Joseph Smith went through and um, the wonderful person that he was and the trials and the hardships because he knew the gospel is true. And, you know, and not that I didn't go through a hundredth of what he went through, but there's kind of this similar thread that I think you feel connected as you change your life and as you discover for the first time that this is out there. You know, you ask, I asked for an answer to a couple of questions and what I got was this whole wonderful feast, you know, this life-changing experience. I had no idea that that was, you know, that this was going to be opened up to me and that, and that there's so much more that I could know and so much more happiness that I could experience. And so, you know, maybe, maybe that's the reason I don't know, but it's, um, I definitely felt the spirit as I learned more about Joseph Smith and prayed about his role in the restoration. Mm -hmm. 
So did your sisters ever join the church? Um, my older siblings never joined. I have an older brother and an older sister. Um, never been particularly interested. My younger siblings, I have a younger brother and two younger sisters. They had all joined the church. Right now, it's just my youngest sister and I are active um, at the moment. <laughs> and my mom. So were they were they a part of your discussions? Did they no, join in? No, I don't, you know, and I don't even think my mother was in the room. I don't think she was. I think it was just me and the missionaries. Like I said, I was very private and very reluctant, I guess, to... Um, you know, share the tender parts of my heart at that point, you know, it was, mm -hmm. um, even at my baptism, I, I did not want a lot of people there. <laughs> it was, um, I, it was the missionaries and the witnesses and my immediate family. And, um, I just, it, it felt very private to me and I was reluctant to share that yet. Mm -hmm. So, so you're a new member and you head back to school. What is that like? Um, I, I think some of my friends weren't sure how to take me <laughs> at that point. You know, I, um, I ended up going home just about every weekend that first, my the rest of my freshman year, I think, um, I was part of a Danforth branch and it's a pretty close knit branch. And I had made friends there and I felt comfortable there. So that's kind of what I kept doing. I really didn't know. Um, I hadn't taken the time like to, to go to Bangor, what's it, Bangor second ward at the time and get to know anybody. I just kept going home on the weekends. Um, but yeah, you know, there were, a few friends that I kind of grown up with and, and gone to college with. And some are like, oh, yeah, good for you. And some are like, you know, that's strange. <laughs> what are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but it, was, it was fine. It was fine. You know, I felt I definitely felt supported by my family and my branch family. So. So when does Brett come into the picture? <laughs> that was sophomore year. Um, so I decided that I probably ought to get to know um, people. I, I should probably try and have a social church experience <laughs> in college. <laughs> so I trying to remember exactly. Somebody had introduced me to Tina Pike. Maybe I, oh, yeah. I think I think Ed Rosso was bishop, and. Um, Someone had introduced me to Tina and she was super friendly and just took me right under her wing. And so Tina and I decided that, you know, we were going to start to try and have young single adult family home evening groups. And so, and at the same time, Brett and his grandfather were assigned as my home teachers. And um, so Grandpa Moulton contacted me and he and Brett would come over and visit once a month. And so I knew who he was. And of course the Rossos were super friendly, Nancy Rosso and, and uh, Bishop Rosso. And, and so then I'd gotten to know Ben and Dan 
And so we, so Tina and I started to try and recall Brett and Ben and Dan and Candy Richards was there and she would bring her college roommate and a handful of others occasionally. <laughs> and we just started to, to get to know each other. And um, of course I knew he was preparing to go on a mission, but that's okay. <laughs> we dated anyway, <laughs> but we always knew that, you know, he was going to go on a mission and that wasn't, that was something I completely supported. So. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I remember from your story and meeting you in college was that you were waiting for Brett and maybe that's not true, but that's, that's how I remember. <laughs> I was. <laughs> How was that? Was well, it you know, people would say, boy, those time? two years just fly by. I'm like, do they? Do they? Because <laughs> it felt like two years. <laughs> but no, it was, it was okay. We, we wrote lots of letters because, of course, back then, you know, I don't think I had email till the end of my junior year of college. And I'm not sure that I even used it. <laughs> so, you know, it was dropping letters in the mail and sending packages and, and, uh, you know, I, I knew he was the one I wanted to marry. There was absolutely no doubt in my mind. And, um, so, you know, it didn't feel like much of a sacrifice to wait for him. I was happy to, and I was glad he was on his mission. And certainly that's a decision we're still glad we made. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Did serving a mission yourself ever cross your mind? I did. And I, I seriously thought about that. Um, and then as I, I prayed about it, I, you know, and I decided it wasn't the right time. And so that's, that's still, that's a goal that Brett and I have. And we plan for it at this point, you know, any, you know, what investments or savings or whatever we do, you know, the timeline on our lives is, is this going to help us, you know, financially be able to serve sure. a mission in the future. So, so that's, that's absolutely still happening. It just didn't happen at that point. And actually I was going to go to BYU. I applied, I'd been accepted. I'm trying to, I don't think Brett hadn't left on his mission yet. We were dating though, but I don't think we'd been dating long. And Tina was going to, be moving we, we were both going to move out there and um we had an apartment i had put down a deposit i was signed up for classes and i was laying in bed one night in my apartment um it was in bradley at the time and um it was one of one of those moments when you know you typically the spirit is just kind of a there's just kind of a good feeling or whatnot but this was one of those almost voice in your head kind of experiences where very clearly it was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm half asleep. And it was, you can't go to Utah. And I sat right up in bed and I'm like, Oh, of course I'm going to Utah. I'm like leaving next week. <laughs> you know, I'm going, oh, and wow. it, you know, and that message came a second time. You cannot go to Utah. And I just started crying. I immediately called Tina and I said, I don't know why I can't go, but I can't go. I can't go. And when I did that, all these reasons started flooding my mind with I shouldn't go. 
and, um, and Brett factored into that. And, um, you know, I still don't know. I don't think going to BYU is ever a bad idea, but it wasn't the path I needed to take at that point. And Tina being wonderful was totally supportive of that. And it's just like, you know, that's, you know, that's the, that's the answer you got and, you know, can't go. So she ended up going to Vegas and it all worked out very well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great example of just, you know, having faith that that answer is from the Lord and you're just going to follow it, even though you don't know why that, that can be hard. That's, that's great. So Brett, Brett gets back and how long does it take for you guys? Oh boy, (laughs) two weeks. (laughs) I knew it was the one though. So yeah, we, we got married down in the Washington DC temple. I think he got back in the middle of September and we got married October 2nd and uh, yeah, 23 years later, (laughs) 24, something like that. So he knew too. too. It wasn't just you. (laughs) Yeah, but his, uh, the missionaries in his apartment threw him a bachelor party. Whatever that looks like, some checkers and root beer or something. (laughs) Church, yeah, something like that. That's that's awesome. Do you have any advice for young single adults right now who are just going through college and going through life? And I think living close to the spirit. I think that you have to live your life in such a way, you know, one change that I think I made with becoming a member was being more careful about the media that I let into my life, whether that's movies, books, music, and that sort of thing. As you're able to kind of, you know, clean up your life or live a clean life and stay close to the spirit that, um, and act on those promptings that you will become more comfortable with that relationship and receiving revelation and acting upon it. And that you'll have that assurity that you're on the path that you're meant to be on. And maybe it's not going to be the exact timeline that you anticipate. Maybe you won't be married by 21 or, you know, and have your bachelor's yeah, at 22 yeah. or whatever that looks like, but you can have, you know, faith to know that, this is your path and that the Lord has your back and he wants you to succeed and, um, and we'll send you all the help that you need and that we're stronger than we know we are. And just to be patient, you know, in the come follow me lessons this past couple of weeks, it's been a lot about, um, being patient and being faithful. And I think, I think when you're in college, you, you just want, you want to know, what am I going to be? Who am I going to marry? What am you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. just be patient, you know, what's meant to happen will happen as you do your part, stay close to the spirit and serve. I love that. And it's, it's great advice for everyone. I think just, we are just bombarded with media and 
it's it's uh you have to be intentional to find that quiet right. time. I think these days it's just you're we can constantly be listening to things and watching things. So I think yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. So I'm sure there are many, but what what blessings have come since you've joined the church? I th- yes, many blessings. Obviously, having an eternal family is right up there. And to see my kids grow and strengthen in their faith has just been one of the greatest blessings as a mom I could have. I think for me personally, one of the most life-changing things for me has been repentance, learning about repentance. And, you know, I did start out as a more prideful individual <laughs> and, you know, not letting anybody come to my baptism and <laughs> keeping that <laughs> stuff close to the vest. And, um, probably being a bit more confrontational and a bit more wanting to be right where through the years and following trying to follow the example of our savior. I think I've become a kinder person and I know that I've got a ways to go. Um, However, I, I, when I look back 25 years to who I was then, to who I am now. I can see the influence of the Savior in my life and how grateful I am to come from an attitude of, this is just the way I am if you don't like it too bad, to being, I can do better, I can be kinder, I can be more humble, I can be more like the Savior. It's all because of repentance. And I think that has, that's just a blessing that I can't put a price on. And also, to kind of tie up the story of my parents. My father passed away in June this in 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, he was struggling with dementia. But he, over the years, he, he, he never joined the church, but he was definitely a defender of our faith. If, if somebody had something negative to say about the church, he would be one that would defend it and was supportive of my mother going to the temple and she was a stay-at-home mom, but whatever he donated to his church, he would give the same amount to my mom to, do- to donate um, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, was always just a very good example. And probably a few months before he passed away, he was still able to carry on a conversation, you know, um, and he had a change of heart. It was about a year ago. I guess, February of 2020, and he wanted to join the church. And that was, I mean, it's 35 years of having my mother be a member. Mm-hmm. He finally wanted to join the church. And he he said, I know, he says, I, I know it's true. He says, I've been baptized twice, he said. He says, but I, he says, I have the strongest impression that that's not good enough that I need if I want a real baptism, that it has to be in your church. He says, and I know I've got bugs in my head. That's how he describe it when he would get confused. He says, I know, I know what's true, but because of COVID and them being in a Canadian mission, we did not have missionaries. And we tried to get, you know, 
approval to happen and it didn't happen in a timely enough manner and then his health failed him. And, um, but I assured him, we're gonna take care of this dad. Don't worry, we're gonna take care of this. We're, we're gonna be an eternal family. You're gonna be with mom, you're gonna be with us, you're gonna be with your parents. And um, so I am grateful that I got to experience that before he passed away because I remember my mother saying, well, I don't know if it's gonna be on this side or the other side when your father. So to be able to hear him on this earth say that he wanted to be a member of the church was just, it was wonderful. So very grateful for temples and for the work that we can do there so that our family can be together forever. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a special, yeah, special day for your family. Oh, I'm so glad that you shared your dad's conversion with us as well. Thank you. That's, that's really neat. That's really neat. Is there anything um, else that we've missed about your conversion or I, your I don't testimony? think so. I, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm, I know that I have a savior that knows me personally and knows, you know, my strengths and my weaknesses and what I need and what my family needs. And I have definitely felt him watching over us and um, I'm just so grateful for that knowledge and that assurance. Nice. So I was thinking about um, asking you as we've gone through COVID the last year, you've, you know, you've definitely had some spiritual and strengthening experiences with your dad. Um, has there been anything else where we haven't been able to gather together in our wards and branches very often? And we've done a lot of home church and a lot of home study. Um, how has that affected your testimony? I think that it's, you know, I was thinking about this today, actually, and, you know, the initiative that we have to build a Zion society, you know, sometimes the world throws a wall up, you know, if you can't meet together, but every time I feel like we overcome, you know, we figured out how to use technology so that we can still connect. The missionaries are still meeting with people. And, um, I feel like it's also given us a time to prepare where we've been home more. I feel like we've kind of been able to take a spiritual and temporal inventory of where we're at and really work on that. So while I am really looking forward to getting together a hundred percent mask free all together, I'm greatly look forward to that. I think, you know, you can look at this, we can still look at this as a, a time that's been an opportunity, a time given to us to adapt and to grow and think outside the box. And I, it's been a testimony to me that the gospel, that the work of gathering Israel goes forward, no matter what the world throws at us, <laughs> you know, that it will continue to go forward. And so yeah. my testimony has definitely been strengthened of that. And I think it has, you know, as a family as well, I think everybody's felt that. Definitely. I definitely have felt that. 
Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story. I <laughs> learned a lot. I knew I, um, <laughs> I knew I had a lot that I, there was a lot I didn't know. So um, you're I welcome. you sharing. If you would like to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you may visit churchofjesuschrist.org. If you would like to see a picture of Julie, you can visit Conversion Stories Podcast on Instagram, where you can also reach me, or you can reach me at conversionstoriespodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and sharing your story. Thank you.